0: welcome to the complete leader podcast giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds now here's your host dale dixon
1: the six stages of a leader's journey welcome to the complete leader podcast everything you need to become a high-performing leader i'm your host dale dixon along with ron price ron great to be with you today good to be with you dale and we yeah. want to remind folks that if you get a chance right now uh, we would appreciate you subscribing to this podcast. Uh, There is new content released every week. The best way to get that new content is to be subscribed. So subscribe, tell a friend about it. Also, if you'd leave a review, we'd really appreciate it. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find this type of content when they're out searching for some of the, I will say, arguably the best leadership content available in the podcast space. So With that, Ron, um, I had this really cool experience to be part of a small group that met uh, in the upstairs of a new high-end grocery store of all places, (laughs) and and you took us through the six stages of a leader's journey, and so we're going to have a few conversations around this as far as a podcast, but uh, let's start with how did you come up with the six stages and talk to us about that event that you led us through.
0: Dale, I've been involved in leadership for over 48 years now, and in the early days, I was very utilitarian about leadership. It was well, you got to have somebody who's in charge, and if they're smart enough, and if they have a have good enough character and things like that, people will follow. And I remember my early days of being in leadership positions. Most of the time, I thought about not blowing it. <laughs> I thought about not making a mistake that was going to um, be costly for the people who were following me or for the organizations that I led. At some point in my career, I began to shift and I began to think more about uh, being a leader gives you the opportunity to grow yourself, to become the best version of yourself. And it's not just about what you do for the organization, but it's about how you develop as a human being and how you use leadership as a vehicle to develop yourself. And in the latter years, especially probably the last five or six years, as I've thought a lot more about how to help other leaders grow and have a bigger impact in the worlds that they live and work in, I've begun to think a lot more about this whole journey of leadership and how it's one of the great privileges that we have in life. So that got me thinking about what are the different stages that you go through As you emerge or as you develop as a leader, and I actually think I used to sort of self-criticize that I spent so much time trying to prevent myself from failing in those early years, but I recognize that's a part of the journey. It's a part of understanding who you are, what you do well, what you don't do well. And so I, I began to develop this idea that there are these different stages that you go through. And sometimes you repeat them. Sometimes they're like a cycle that you go through again. But at, at a mega level, or if you look at your whole career, there is this clear pathway that you take of leadership, which is really interesting to consider, both in terms of where you're at today and where you may be headed in the future.
1: So tell us about the event you put together and and the way that played out and what you learned from that.
0: Well, um, the purpose of the event was to talk about leadership development. And we had, I think, somewhere between 15 and 20 people who got together just to talk about what does it mean to develop as a leader. And we have a program that goes along with the Complete Leader book, obviously called the Complete Leader Program, where we have cohorts of 12 to 15 people that or I'm sorry, 12 to 20 people that go through a 14-month program where they have 10 full days together with their cohort members during that 14-month period. And then they all have an individual coach. And we've really worked to create a blended learning experience so that we touch all the different buttons that help people grow as a leader. So we were talking about that program. And I started it off by saying, I think that there are six distinct phases or stages of a leader's journey. Let's see if you can come up with what they are. (laughs) And it was a fun exercise because there were a lot of different suggestions and uh, all of them were good. Everybody was thinking about what it means to go through the leader's journey. We got a lot of different ideas. But of course, it's pretty difficult for anybody to come up with exactly the same six stages as I'd come up. So after letting the group develop their own ideas about that then I shared with them these six stages that I've been thinking about.
1: And there, it was fascinating because there were some really good, deep thinkers that came up with some great lists. They're really in the process They're so. really work. that could have been a project all by itself exactly so that was that was interesting so you know one of the things for our listeners is to sit back you might want to hit the pause button and think about uh, the stages in your leadership journey what have you experienced and uh, the following conversation is going to I think really illuminate some opportunities in all of our leadership journeys so today we're talking about the first stages the first two stages in the leadership journey. Let's start out, Ron. It's the invitation.
0: Yeah, that's stage one. So the invitation is when somebody asks you to lead. And um, I think for many of us, it's a bit of a surprise. For many of us, we hadn't anticipated or planned on it, but we were the volunteer (laughs) who they saw and asked to lead. And it couldn't happen as, as young as while you're still in school where you're asked to lead on a a sports team or you're asked to lead in a debate class or something like that. But it then repeats itself throughout life. Every new stage or every new phase of how you develop as a leader begins with an invitation. Interesting thing about a position of leadership is that somebody else has to always ask you to take it. Even if you're going to start your own business, you have to have customers who are asking you to help Or you you have to get the endorsement, say, of the state when you register your business. So the whole idea of the invitation is that it's somebody who sees something in you or they think you can add value as a leader and they ask you to step up and take that role. And what I shared that day when we were together is that many of us didn't grow up thinking, well, when I grew up, I want to be a leader. We might think that we want to be a fireman or an astronaut or a doctor and occasionally maybe a a mayor or a governor or a president, but very few of us define what we wanna be when we grow up with that word, a leader. So the invitation is really the doorway into this journey and this experience that I think is overarching. I think it's it's bigger than a mayor or a governor or a president. It's bigger than a fireman or an astronaut because this idea of being a leader is somebody who impacts or influences other And it transcends all of the positions that you might have throughout your career. It's really more about your character, about your ethos, about what what kind of a presence you want to bring into your relationships and into your work.
1: Let's talk about initiative in this area of the invitation. So, because I want to clarify the idea that you need to wait to be invited or to be invited, um, but but talk to us about taking initiative and stepping up and raising your hand and saying, I want to, you know, I want to be the captain on the lacrosse team or uh, you know, I want to take lead with this team uh, with a manager and step up and raise your hand. How does that play into this idea of the invitation?
0: Well, I think there are three big roles or ideas around what it means to lead The first is to have a grasp of why we're doing what we're doing or where we're headed. We would call that strategy or vision. So it's first somebody who sees, hey, I see where we're at. I see where we want to go. And taking initiative would be to say, I'm willing to help us get there. I can see it. I'm willing to help us get there. The second idea around leadership is that leaders often are there and respond to solve problems. So you see a problem in an organization, or you see a problem um, in the community, and you say, I think I can help solve that problem, or I can at least rally the people to help solve that problem. So we talk about it in our book, Growing Influence, as converting a problem into an opportunity. Instead of seeing it as an obstacle, you see it as a doorway to creating value, a doorway to to doing something, to making a difference. And then the third idea around leader is that you inspire people to do things or make commitments that they wouldn't have made otherwise. So I think I can encourage these people, support these people, inspire these people to make a commitment. So when you take the initiative to say, I'm willing to take a leadership role in this situation or in this organization, you're saying, I understand where we're at and where we could go and I'd like to help take us there. I can see a problem that I don't view as an obstacle or something that's going to cause us to fail, but I see it as a doorway to doing something new, to creating new value, or I believe that I can support, help, and inspire other people to get there. That's all incorporated into the invitation. And you said it well, Dale, sometimes you're asked, you're invited to do that as you begin to recognize who you are as a leader and you begin this journey, you begin to say, I I see that I could help with that. So I'm raising my hand saying that I'm willing to lead in this area. And sometimes you do that in a more formal way. Sometimes you just start solving the problem or pursuing the purpose, the vision, or working with people. You don't always have to be given a title in order to be a leader. You just have to get moving in those three areas.
1: Let's talk about evaluation as it refers to invitation. So as leaders... How do we, or what are some tools that we can use to evaluate leadership opportunities and whether we're really a good fit? Because I'm thinking back, just me personally, being asked to serve in a leadership role and saying, I'm humbled and honored that you would think of me in that way, but it's not right for me right now, not right for my skill set right now. Um, But let's talk about the evaluation phase of this idea of invitation.
0: It's very interesting, because sometimes when you say, yeah, I'm not the person for it, you're right, you recognize what your strengths and your shortcomings are, and you realize that you're not the best solution. But there are times when actually other people see something in you that you don't see in yourself. And this is an important part of the invitation is that oftentimes people, because they're not living inside your head, they're looking and watching you in the way that you interact with people, and the way you solve problems, And they're saying, I see something in you that you don't see. So sometimes you shouldn't automatically say, no, I'm not the right person for that. You should pause and think, are they recognizing something about me that I don't see? The, The metaphor that I often use for this is that we all need a mirror in order to be able to take care of ourselves. Every morning when I get up and shave, I use a mirror. Without that mirror, it's a lot more difficult. And as a matter of fact, if it wasn't for the use of a mirror or something else outside of me, I wouldn't even know what my face looks like. It's impossible for me to see my face without something outside of me helping with that. And in the same way, I think sometimes as a leader, you need people outside of you, other people who see something about you that you don't see, and they're your mirror. They reflect back and help you recognize something that you might have that you haven't recognized yet. Of course, sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes... They're helping you to understand that you don't have something that you think you have. (laughs) But more often than not, other people see our strengths better than we see them ourselves.
1: It's overcoming the imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah, that's right. And I think, again, the imposter syndrome, where we're afraid that maybe we're faking it and that we're going to be found out, is a normal part of the maturation process. And you sort of have to convince yourself over time that you really can be a leader based on experience and success and the feedback that you get from others.
1: Anything else that I haven't covered that would be important for our listeners around this idea of the invitation?
0: Well, I think, I think just to summarize it, uh, and you brought this out really well, the invitation sometimes is somebody else asking you to step up. Sometimes it's you seeing the opportunity and volunteering to step up and say, I'll do it. But the invitation is always the trigger. It's always the first step of a, new part of your journey. And I, it's really valuable to think about those invitations and where you put yourself so that you're in the right place to be invited or to see the opportunities that you can volunteer for.
1: Next step, next stage is self-awareness.
0: Yes. So what, once we begin to get this vision that maybe we could be a leader Now we're moving into this deeper level of self-awareness. As you know, Dale Socrates years ago said that the whole purpose of life is to know yourself. Of course, that sounds awful simplistic. But part of the reason that's such an interesting mission in life to know yourself is that we're constantly changing and growing. And self-awareness is not something where you take a test like a math test and, okay, now I know myself. Self awareness is an ongoing process because I continue to change. I continue to grow, to unfold, or to mature, or evolve. So, self awareness comes into play over and over and over again as you go through your leadership journey. It's about understanding yourself with what I refer to as more megapixels. So, you know, you can remember that when digital cameras first came out, the best digital cameras were maybe 2.1 megapixels. And that was fine for looking at a picture, but if you wanted to print it and blow it up into an eight by 10, it would be all blurry. Or if you wanted to put it on a PowerPoint slide, it would get all blurry. And so over time, as technology advanced, we kept adding more and more megapixels so that now I think the iPhone 10 or most of the modern smartphones at the time of our conversation here are 12 megapixels. That's amazing if you look at the trajectory that we've gone on. And why would you want to have more megapixels? Well, it gives you more clarity, it gives you more depth, it gives you more brilliance in the picture. So I think of that as a great metaphor for this journey of self-awareness. Throughout your life, you keep adding more megapixels to the understanding that you have of yourself. And self-awareness is important because it's part of what helps you to understand how to navigate the invitation and, and the opportunities that you have in leadership. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say, Dale, that I, I wasn't consciously thinking of this, and it took me 10 or 15 years to begin to recognize that there was a big difference between what I was trying to do as a leader and what I was good at. And oftentimes, I spent a lot of energy trying to get good at something that was not natural for me to be good at, instead of getting somebody else's help in that area. And I, I think one of the big Um, ahas that I've had around the area of self-awareness over the years is that to be an effective leader you never try to do it alone. You you really need other people to help you to be good as a leader and part of the reason you need them is because they're those mirrors that we already talked about but part of the reason you need them is because there are things they're good at that you're not good at and it's really more of a team activity to be an effective leader instead of just a person thinking of themselves as a soloist.
1: So let's dive deep into this idea of self-awareness and give the, our listeners some actionable areas to be looking at. So I think about self-awareness. How do I make decisions? How do I relate to people? Um, how do I manage myself? What are, what are the areas that we need to be, the specific areas that we should be looking at to be becoming more self-aware?
0: There are three primary tools or keys that you use to developing more self-awareness. The first one is self-reflection. It's, it might be journaling, it might be a time that you spend each morning thinking about where you're at, where you want to go. It may be uh, thinking about how you want to develop your character. This is part of why we wrote the book, Growing Influence, is to give people guidelines for how to do better self-reflection. That's the first part of developing self-awareness. The second part is the feedback that you receive from others, and we already discussed that a little bit. But learning how to ask for feedback effectively and learning how to ask for specific feedback is a great way to continue to develop your self-awareness. And then the third way to develop it is using instruments or tools that are often referred to as psychometrics. These are tools that have been developed by scientists that help us to understand more about how we behave and what motivates us and how we think and how far we are on that pathway of developing skills. So we use uh, six or seven different tools to help leaders develop their self-awareness. We use one that focuses on their behavioral style, how they do things, how they get things done, their underlying motivators, why they do it, their thinking or judgment patterns, how they make decisions and, and what role bias might play in the way that they make decisions. We look at their leadership skills and their their experience up to this point of the extent to which they've demonstrated leadership skills. We look at their emotional intelligence. We look at how they're responding to stress. And then for some people, we also look at things, other skills like selling skills or time management skills, things like that. So these are all tools. Today, they're delivered mostly online that have been designed specifically to help you take a picture of yourself or to create a picture of your self-concept at a moment in time. And they're really valuable for helping you to develop self-awareness. So you've got these three things, reflection and how you self-evaluate feedback from others and using these uh, psychometrics or these assessments that will help you understand yourself better.
1: Fantastic. Anything else that our listeners need to know about self-awareness?
0: Well, it's, as I said, it's an ongoing journey. So you keep, you keep uh, taking another lap, so to speak, in developing, developing more self-awareness. In the early days, I was a little bit skittish about it. I, I, part of it was I didn't, especially those online tools, I didn't want somebody else putting a label on me or putting me in a box. But over the years, I've grown to appreciate their usefulness in helping me to self-evaluate, helping me to reflect And I've become quite a fan, quite an advocate for using those things in all of the work we do because not only do they help the leader understand themselves better, but they help other people understand you better as well. So if people want to find out more about that, they can just write to us at uh, info at org.
1: And the completeleader.org is a great resource of tools uh, to grow in your leadership journey as well.
0: And, and Dale, I might just comment that I'm really excited that we have an, an updated, revised version of the completeleader.org that has just come out. So we have a lot of new resources and we've really worked on making it as user friendly as possible. So it's a great time to go back and revisit it, even if our listeners have been there before, because it's a new website today.
1: Fantastic! It looks it's fan. It is. It's a great resource. So I'll leave it at that and encourage our listeners to go pop in there and take a look. Uh, this podcast is a companion to the Complete Leader, the book and the website. It's definitely uh, great content for you to tap into as you drive, walk into work, exercise uh, in the morning, and then if we always encourage you to definitely pick up that book and if you can, get involved in a cohort of the Complete Leader Program to really make this journey as rich as possible for your life. This is the first of a three-part conversation around the six stages of a leader's journey. Anything you'd like to just prime the pump with as far as what we're going to talk about next, Ron?
0: Well, those who want to get the most out of our podcast, I would encourage them to take some time to think about the invitations they've received in the past and what was the nature of those and how did it work out? Uh, Because you learn something by looking back and reviewing what's happened already and then to ask themselves, am I, what am I investing in developing greater self-awareness myself? Realizing that self-awareness is really the beginning point for all growth as a leader. Taking those two exercises, spending some time journaling or contemplating, those things are really going to help you to go deeper in your own journey as a leader.
1: Absolutely. And we will be back next week with uh, our continuation of the conversation around the six stages of a leader's journey. This is the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader.
0: Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online at thecompleteleader.org.